internets, welcome to the Randy King Live Debate Podcast, episode 17. Hi, everybody. I'm really excited to have my guest on today. It's a, a personal friend of mine who I've known for a very, very long time. He uh, runs our he runs the the KPC Halifax, so I'm really excited when he gets to talk to you. But I tried to get him on the show for Talking to Savages. He said nope, but he will definitely do a debate podcast, so that's exciting. If this is the first time you're listening to the show, welcome to the show. So whether it's your first or your 15th episode, I really want you to understand the premise of this show. This is a debate-based podcast, not an argument-based podcast. So the point of the show is very simply, I want to create a little bit more discourse and I want to create people with more educated questions out there in the self-defense industry. My job is not to tell you what to think and that is not Paul's job either. Our job is to give you our opinion so you can form your own opinion. So today we're going to be debating a topic. On the topic where we debate it during the free portion of this podcast, I am going to pigeonhole myself and my guests into debating only their side of the argument, not their personal beliefs, their ethics, or their opinions. They're only going to be debating the pro or the con side of this debate. So when the topic comes up, we will decide who goes which. But I want you as a listener to understand these are not our personal beliefs or ethics. All of that, if you want to hear them, exists behind the paywall on Patreon. So we're going to do the debate. The debate is 20 minutes long. The rules are as follows. Number one, we start as friends, we leave as friends. So we don't want to get over emotional. We don't want to get angry. We don't want to have a rise in the occasion here. During the debate, there are 15 logic fallacies I sent ahead to my guests that exist. If you wish to know what these fallacies are and you want to do part of the listener interaction, jump onto episode one, listen to that episode. I go over all of the fallacies we'll be talking about. There are 15 key ones. And while there are more existing fallacies out there, we're only staying with these 15 in order to keep the conversation going. This is a light debate format being we're allowed to switch the goalposts. We can change topics. If somebody does break one of the rules, so they get over emotional and or they use one of the logic fallacies, we take a page out of Rory Miller's book, we take a deep breath, we say sorry for getting emotional or using the uh, fallacy, and then we compliment the person across the screen and we secede our turn. So if you listen to the last episode of Wim Demir, I had to breathe three times because I used three <laughs> different fallacies and Wim beat the crap out of me. So again, we take a deep breath. And I say, sorry, Paul, I used ad hominem there. Uh, I really enjoy your beard, right? And so that's a compliment. Now it's Paul's turn. So that's the move we do. Moving forward with this then, uh, look for the logic fallacy yourself. This is the user interaction part, which is very simply, if you hear us use a logic fallacy that we don't catch, I will give you, I will do two things. Number one, I will pay for my crime in push-ups. So whatever minute of the show we are in, let's say it's minute 18, if I use logic fallacy and we don't catch it, myself or my guest, my guest won't be doing the push-ups, I will be. If we use it and you catch it, send me the video clip or the minute it exists, tell me who you are and what you want me to promote. And while I'm doing push-ups on video, I will promote whatever you wish me to promote, your company, your brand, your equipment. It doesn't matter to me as long as you pay attention. The other thing I want you to do is whatever your biggest takeaway is from this episode, throw it in the comments below of this episode. So that way I can see if you're picking up what we're putting down and I can also generate new conversation topics. So whatever your biggest takeaway is, throw it in the comments of whichever way you're consuming this. Awesome. So, Paul, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? 
All right. Uh, my name is Paul Donnelly. Uh, I have been doing martial arts for off and on for about 28, 29 years now. Started out traditional karate. Uh, got my black belt traditional karate. And then uh, within that, we're kind of branching off to other styles, uh, Jeet Kune Do and everything else, or, or a few other things. And then I did some Muay Thai for a little while. And then some more Jeet Kune Do from a different organization. Uh, and a uh, uh, bit of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And then... Uh, I work in law enforcement. It's my regular day job. Nothing, nothing super spectacular, secret squirrel, but uh, uh, I wanted something that uh, was a little more effective and I was worried about knife stuff. So I came to train with Randy here uh, because he was mostly focused on the Filipino arts then. And my next plan was actually to go off and focus on Krav Maga, but kind of Randy beat me to it. And so I basically stuck with Randy and I still am and uh, started my own little kind of branch of KPC out in Halifax. So that's, that's me in a nutshell, essentially. Awesome. All right, Paul. Uh, so we'll let obviously we'll let you promote all that stuff at the end of the show. The debate we decided to do is does lineage matter? And so for the listeners that are listening to this that aren't martial artists, which would be weird, but I'm sure you exist because the numbers on this are very high lately. Thank everybody for listening. Uh, lineage just means does where your martial art come, does where your art came from actually matter? So, Paul, what side of the debate are you taking? Does lineage matter? Or does lineage not matter? I'm taking the position that it does not matter. Okay, so I'm taking the part that it does matter. So again, one more reminder. This is not my personal belief because I'm taking the side that I would not take if I had a choice, but I always devil's advocate this <laughs> to make the, the guests more comfortable. Um, and also I love being the devil's advocate. The last show was definitely something I wouldn't debate, but the research was super fun. So uh, we're going to start this. Paul, are you ready? You're going to open it up with a, up to up to a four minutes um, opening statement. Sure. And then I will do counterpoint and we'll go back and forth until our 20 minutes is over. Make sense? All right, Paul, uh, you may go. All right. So I think with lineage, a lot of people get hung up on lineage as, as to the effectiveness of whatever martial art combative system they're training in. And to some degree, I think it's a, a for, some of the, for people who are just getting into it, it's a way of, of rating or understanding how, how valid something somebody's teaching is. Um, and, you know, I think it really speaks to uh, preserving, in theory, should you speak to preserving effective techniques, uh, some sort of accreditation, and some sort of authenticity about the preserving the culture, the period of the art. Um, but my opinion is a lot of that now is really about uh, loyalty or to organizations and preservation of egos and uh, paying fees and spreading the marketing and brand of an organization, which isn't necessarily wrong, but those things aren't going to be there for you in a real life situation when you need it. The pieces of paper, the belts, the, you know, to quote someone uh, uh, in the martial arts world, uh, Tony Blair, you know, violence doesn't care what style you practice, right? And so uh, lineage is about preserving style. And so I don't think it has really any value in terms of a, a practical application of self-defense. Awesome. So sounds like we're arguing uh, the practical application of self-defense, which is perfect. So uh, yeah. I, I'm taking for this debate the opposite side of this conversation, which is always fun for me. Uh, almost everything Paul said was correct, and I'm going to use it in the exact opposite way. <laughs> I think that as a as a layman coming into the self-defense field, um, having lineage is hyper important because there is no global... Uh, group that monitors martial arts or self-defense. There is no accreditation like a college that everybody goes to. There is no Harvard of martial arts where you can know which is better, which is worse. So the only thing we do have is these lineage trees to ensure that the system that 
we come from actually is a real system and it's not just Rex Kwando where a guy creates a character, goes into his garage and starts doing martial arts. Because literally you can open a gym tomorrow if you are good at marketing with no accreditation, no lineage, no skill. And if you are a good business person, you can sell garbage. This is the only way for the layman who coming into self-defense can see if there's any validity to what is happening. Paul. Huh. So uh, I get that initially going through the door, a lot of people are looking for that uh, accreditation or whatever. But as you just said, Randy, there's no um, international body. There's no uh, regulatory agency. There's no government body that, that regulates or rates or assesses what that credibility is or what that accreditation mm -hmm. is. So Correct. it's completely arbitrary. Uh, I could start my own organization tomorrow and mm -hmm. decide that, you know, uh, I could certify a dozen black belts under me next sure. week. Agreed. So, but you would not have what we call social proof if nobody goes to your organization. So the lineage gives social proof that a ton of people are doing this thing, which means people have bought into it, they've succeeded, they've moved forward. Well, social proof is an interesting problem because yes. the social proof of who? Uh, right. You, know, you as an instructor or your organization or your mm -hmm. lineage? Mm -hmm. uh, is it uh, is there a social proof of something that was uh, historically passed down for let's say a thousand years, hypothetically right. speaking? Well, how do you yep. verify that? Right. Uh, and stories grow over generations, and we all know the telephone game uh, as kids, where one person tells a person a story and they pass it through a classroom. By the end of that uh, story, mm -hmm. nobody knows what the original story was, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think with a lot of cases with lineage, um, there may be roots in actual practical application, right? But the uh, if it's a long lineage, yeah, a lot of the uh, original stuff may be lost. I can tell you, speaking from personal experience doing traditional karate, um, I didn't know what a lot of the, the kata meant in the school that I trained it. Sure. So. Right. So, but I, I agree with that. I think, though, or I feel for this point of the debate, not what I think. I feel mm -hmm. for this debate uh, that that's. Unfortunately, because there's no overwhelming accreditation, that's what these these certification, these systems are trying to accomplish. Let's use BJJ. Mm. BJJ is, I think, the, the BJJ is one of the only systems where the belt legitimately matters and the legitimacy actually matters. And BJJ is kind of doing what we're saying. We, I was saying, not we, I won't group you in this, what I was saying, which is having a global uh, presence and having some kind of level of accreditation. So BJJ, as an example, will go to schools who give fake black belts and fight the people with the fake black belt in order to ensure that that person is truly doing BJJ. So in that case specifically, BJJ lineage does make sense because if you go to Joe's BJJ school and you're learning garbage, you can't see the practical application at a competition level. BJJ gives you that, the BJ certification or the lineage of that gives you the ability that the people that have done this in real time, they aren't ancient masters from forever ago, lost the fogs of time. Like I think Helio Gracie's still kicking or either just died. He's, he's, yeah. he's, he's not been dead long enough that we don't know who he is. No. Um, that existed. We have real time uh, video of that. So in that area, lineage has been almost redefined and is now being retested and re-put into play. All right. Uh, interesting point. Um, here's what you're talking about, I think, is ground truthing. Sure. Uh, what do you mean? So what I mean is, is application. So mm -hmm. the application of uh, you could throw somebody who, let's say, was a catch wrestler and yeah. the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu practitioner. And yeah. I don't believe I could be wrong, but I don't believe there are belts in catch wrestling or no, even really. There's a bit of history for sure. There's a lot of history, but there's no yeah. 
there's no uh, absolute founder like an Alia Gracie kind of thing. And right. so I don't think necessarily uh, using what the, you know, used to call Dojo Arashi, where someone would show up and challenge somebody else in the other gym uh, is necessarily the best way. Now, sure, there are proving grounds like sport-based martial arts, but mm -hmm. when it comes to self-defense, which is what we're kind of more focused on here, sure, there isn't necessarily the same uh, type of proving ground. There's definitely crossover from sport martial art, from yeah. combat sport and everything else, but it isn't the same where you can say, okay, well, this is the exact move that my ancient Chinese master used 100 years ago. Right, right. And it worked. Without lineage, though, again, the lay person coming in can easily be tricked by these charlatans. So having no lineage uh, accreditation is also a bad, bad idea, right? Also, how how do we discern what is true and not true if there isn't somebody who taught that person? So lineage also shows a mentor-mentee relationship that exists over time and proves that you've gained a skill set from somebody else. I don't know if you're talking about lineage there or good coaching. No, so I'm talking about lineage. So karate headmaster then goes down to the next lineage. There's proof of that. That's a lineage. And then I have proof that this person eventually trained with this original person. I have proof of mentor to menteeship going past my lifetime. So I guess what I would take from that is you're talking about, uh, to some degree, preservation of the, uh, the art, so to speak. Or proof that I'm actually learning the art that I'm looking for, as opposed to a, a, a bastardized version of it. Right. So right. to me, uh, yeah. does it have to be authentically only that particular martial art to be effective or can it be drawn from other sources? And if so, if you're worried about preserving lineage, that basically puts a big cap on your ability to evolve. I agree. And so again, so I agree from a coaching standpoint, yes, but I, I'm arguing from a client coming to the realm standpoint. The lineage is the only way to prove this person's actually done what they said they've done. There's so many liars and so many sharks out there. And again, also in lineage, don't get me wrong. You can mm. have a George Dillman black belt and that's still garbage across the board, but it mm. is certified proved mentor mentee passing down of a system. And that's, there's no other arbitrary way to show that other than this proof of lineage. Uh, I think the very obvious arbitrary way to show that is, sure. is stress testing and uh, live testing with resistant, resistant opponents. And, right. uh, Really, I mean the sport-based <laughs> version of things. As, of course, as much as much as people in the reality-based self-defense world criticize it for you know not being the rules of the street or whatever, mm -hmm. I think that has more to say about the effectiveness of what you're doing necessarily yeah. than than who you learned it from. I mean, if you look at um, a lot of uh, if you're looking at lineage from say, let's take the ancient history side out of it and sure. just lineage from learning from. You know, quote unquote, the Navy SEAL, Ninja, yeah. uh, UFC, multiple vault uh, holder person, right? Mm -hmm. So, with that, uh, that sort of badass person, sure, they've been able to pull off what they teach, but yep. it doesn't mean necessarily that they can pass that on right. uh, to you. Uh, sure. Maybe you're more of a reflection of their ability as an instructor than necessarily yeah. effectiveness of what they're doing. Right. I agree with that. Uh, so, I think what I'm what I'm bringing onto the topic for this is that. How do I know that you did what you say you did without social proof? And what I mean by that is if somebody lies to you, Paul, mm. the first thing you do is ask somebody else if they're telling the truth. That's yeah. literally what lineage does. I'm asking somebody else, did they do the thing they said they did? And they're saying, yes, us in this organization all saw it happen. All right. All right. I'll have to think about that for a second. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> this might be an on-the-ropes moment for me. That's true. That's fair enough. <laughs> uh, how much time have I got in so far? Right? We got 10 minutes. Though. We got 10 minutes left. 
Um, but I, I got to go back to my point about about you know what I've seen of taking BJJ out of the equation. Sure. I think that maybe they're the not necessarily the unicorn because it's a certainly a very popular system, and it probably has a lot to do with the popularity of why uh, BJJ, although that in the marketing machine of the early days of the UFC is really where it started. But um, you know, the it comes down to more loyalty to organization. So even even BJJ will there's some gyms where if you go and train elsewhere, yeah. they excommunicate you because you're just you're training in the ex in a different organization that maybe it's not under uh, carlos gracie it's not under Hoy, you know it's not under halio it's so their lineage matters but it doesn't uh it matters in the sense that it's belonging to an organization or branding not necessarily uh that what you're doing is going to be any more effective okay so let's let's take let's take the organization thing out of it because that's a little here nor there and it's getting close to kind of red herring territory uh yep. let's say let's say then you 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 got a certification through a bunch of instructors and then you started your own gym outside the organization. Yeah. This is the, this is the, this is your bachelor degree. This is your plaque on the wall that shows the dentist is good, that the lawyer is good. This is our lineage is our plaque on the wall for the, the system that we use. If a person doesn't have that plaque, how can we check if what they're doing outside of trying to fight them? How do we check their credentials? I think uh, the sort of modern student of martial arts is a lot different than when you and I started. Mm -hmm. uh, when I started, yeah, uh, there was no, uh, I was pre-UFC. So, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, you know, what? there's no way to, to verify what was being, what was true aside from sparring or rolling in class. Correct, yep. So um, does it matter if it's from this particular line of training or not like they're for, for instance uh went and trained with danny nasanto one time right well yep. does that make me under under danny nasanto's lineage no uh no. uh could i but he went and trained under he was telling us that he trained with 17 guys 17 instructors that bruce lee yeah. uh trained under for wing chun he trained right. actually bruce lee did three wing chun instructors and danny nasanto went and trained with 17 different ones now yeah. he's so He's all about collecting all these different lineages, but is it is that does that matter? Does that matter for self defense? Is is lineage going to be like it's uh, regardless of whatever certification that mm. you're training under, the yep. person whoever you're training is not going to be there. The organization is not going to be there. When Agreed. Yep. A bad thing happens. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I think that uh, it's it's a. Uh, It's yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's just that sir, I'm losing my thought here. I'll have to. That's back. okay. I got I got something. Don't worry. So uh, the the Dan and Asana thing actually brings up a great point that I wanted to bring up, which is in this age of people snapping pictures and putting them on their website, lineage is even more important. Because if you just go on a search and be like, oh, this guy trained with Dan and Asanto, like you said, just because you trained with Dan and Asanto does not make you Dan and Asanto lineage, right? So mm -hmm. I think that is important that having that certificate, have that lineage shows that a picture on the internet is not actually training with Dan and Asanto. That's a fair point. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so I think that's why it's needed, right? Is like, we, we're right. We lived in a world where like you could, I'm going to say something on your side. We live in a world where the, you can get certification blinded because yeah. you're like, oh, you come into a gym and I have an instructor like, yes. certificate. and I'm like, oh, this is amazing. This person's obviously awesome, but they're all bullshit certificates I have no reference for. 
I think, though, certificate blinding still exists in the Internet age. You can research, but again, if I don't know what I'm looking for and I see a bunch of certificates, then I need to research what those lead, what those mean, what each certificate is, which means lineage of that certificate is important for me to find the service I'm looking for. I think there's got to be a lot of context to, to what yes. that lineage is, though. Mm -hmm, and of so uh, the context could be lineage in something that's traditional in a sense of passing on that original martial art unpreserved without changing. Yes. Uh, the context of that lineage has to be in people who've applied it practically along the way. Right. So how do you know that uh, the instructor that you learn, well, maybe you, or the person in that chain of lineage, how do you know that that is an unbroken chain of people who've uh, all applied the skills that they're trying to uh, pass on for self-defense purposes? Um, uh, you don't know. There's no way of knowing. Well, there is. You research the lineage, right? So you look for, okay, so I don't want to learn karate, but now that I know this is karate lineage, any instructor with this certificate does not matter to me. I want to look for this certain thing. So I want to look for a coach that teaches this, this, and this. I need to learn what those lineages are. Then I can track those lineages and find somebody in my area that replicates the service that I'm particularly looking for, in this case, self-defense. I think that's more, again, I don't want to re rehash the organization thing, but I think that has more yeah. to do with organization than it does necessarily in lineage. Right. And so I think, and again, this is for, for self-defense, right? But, and I'm really, I'm really pigeonholing in this for mm. the, the, the starting end consumer. That's what I've been talking about mostly, right? Like, mm. and so that's, this is where, because we got a couple minutes left. Uh, this is not my view at all. <laughs> I'm just debating, right, my side of things here. So I think that. In this situation, I think that lineage is important because, and I'll make this my like closing statement and you can do your closing statement. Uh, I think that like in this, in this particular area, lineage is, is important because people that are coming off into these things are not us. We think lineage is dumb because we know it's dumb because we've been in this world for so long. We've been so inside baseball, we know mm -hmm. baseball. But the people outside baseball have no touchstone to what is real or not real. So if they can research a solid lineage, if they can see the system, the practitioner, and this is the person that did this, and this is their thought process, this is who I want to be with, lineage certificates do make sense because, again, it shows that I've trained with this person. While I agree that it's people collect certificates and pictures, that's mm -hmm. why lineage is more important than certification because being there through two or three generations is better than showing up one day for a four-hour seminar, putting a certificate on your wall, and then saying yeah. you trained with that person. Paul, closing statements. Um, well, I'm going to give a specific example. Yes, uh, please. From, a, from an organization I used to be a part of. So okay. the karate organization, before I started with them, they're one style of karate. Okay. The head instructor of that organization yeah. that I was under had a falling out with his instructor. Right. So he took his school, his organization, to a completely different style of karate yeah. in order to maintain ties to Japan for that certification. Ugh, yes. So... so Oh, go ahead. No, I, that, that's you. So I, I agree. I, I can't agree with you right now. So that'll be for Patreon. But keep going. That, you're not wrong. You're not wrong here. Keep, so, keep unveiling this sweater here. So <laughs> on the one hand, it's supposed to be, you know, uh, showing uh, authenticity and practical application. But it due to political arguments, those lineages change all the time. Right. Um, and, you know, recently, uh, I'm not going to name any names, but recently yeah. I saw a couple pictures of some well-known martial artists who a year ago were excommunicated from the organization and told they were not a part of that lineage and that 
their version of the martial art they're teaching was completely inauthentic and not valuable. And yet right. years later, right. um, somehow there's a making mending of the piece or whatever, and now the boom, they're back in the lineage. And even though in that time period the stuff wasn't legit, somehow it's now legit again. Right. So, so I if think I'm integ you, integrity yeah. when yeah. it comes to lineage is a big problem. Right. And so you think that makes lineage not valuable because there's not a lot of integrity behind this anymore because everybody's system switching and rank hunting and et cetera. Yep. Interesting. So uh, I guess final thoughts for you then on our final thoughts, but like closing statement on this, why, if you can give us like 30 seconds of why you think lineage is not important for self-defense, that'd be perfect. Give us that. All right. Uh, so I think lineage comes down to, uh, like we said it before, and we kind of agreed on it, um, <laughs> believing that you're preserving effective techniques, uh, sure, yeah. some sort of accreditation and authenticity. Mm -hmm. But the actual application of practice from my, ex my experience in martial arts over the right. long time is it has more to do with loyalty to organizations, uh, preservation of egos, uh, paying fees and spreading and marking the brand of the organization as opposed to passing on necessarily a practical skill set. Now, cool. With 45 seconds left of the debate-free portion of it, uh, I, while I agree, and we're going to agree a ton of this on, on final thoughts because I had to argue from an icky place to make this work, uh, I think the only place that lineage does make sense is when you are first searching out a specific service or what you're looking for. So you know if you want to take a grappling course, this person has done grappling training. It is a effectively shows the mentor-mentee relationship with social proof, i.e. other people and organization you can ask to make sure that the service you're getting is not bullshit. Awesome. So, Paul, we're done the stressful part of the conversation, which is the debate. Uh, Paul, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Uh, so, uh, kpcselfdefensehalifax.ca is my website. Uh, KPC Self-Defense uh, Halifax on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, and that's about it, really. I teach a uh, small, small group of people classes twice a week here in Halifax. Uh, we have a new intro slash self-defense 101 class uh with spots still available starting up on september 23rd and uh and that's how to find me basically awesome and obviously i'm super biased uh paul teaches a very similar program to i teach we actually don't have lineage so paul is oh. not doing some stuff i'm doing and that's totally fucking okay uh so uh i highly recommend paul's course obviously go check it out if you are on the east coast uh it's definitely worth the trip it's how long is your intro uh 24 classes long 24 classes long so that's awesome you'll get a lot of excellent training in so, uh, all right, everybody, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Me and Paul are going to jump to final thoughts. I think this one's going to be fun. Me and Paul are super old friends. We've been yeah. drinking buddies and coming up together in the whole nine yards. So uh, this was a hard one. This was a hard one for me particularly because I – didn't believe 90% of the things that I said. So if you if you want to hear our final thoughts, and all final thoughts is is on Patreon, $5 level, we go over, the, we come back together as friends. So thank you everybody for listening or watching. Please share this even if you don't follow us on Patreon. And don't forget, what was your biggest takeaway from this episode? Shoot it to me on Instagram or Facebook.